With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ken. In the Edmonton sporting world, it's Brendan Escott here bringing you up to speed. I don't know how you possibly could have missed this. Even if you're not a sports fan, well, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. But assuming you're a news junkie and you just have the radio on. You heard about this earlier today. Victor Kui, no longer the president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks. He and the team mutually agreeing to part ways. That's how they have phrased it. You heard in the first hour of the show today from the chairman of the board, Tom Richards, as well from our Inside the Game analyst, Blake Dermott, and a guy who got on an airplane this morning, probably wishing that he didn't have to, that he could have stuck around for the whirlwind that took place today at Commonwealth Stadium. That is the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Elks here on 6.30. Chad Morley Scott. So Morley, with the timeline for this for you guys, you're, you're at the airport at like 7 o'clock this morning. What happened? Yeah, well, we first heard about it last night uh, and ended up getting, you know, we had Blake on the uh, the Elks this week last night and talked about it a little bit last night and that's kind of when it broke. And then uh, we, when we got on the plane this morning in Edmonton, flying through Calgary to Hamilton, uh, nothing had been announced or, or or set yet, and then when we got off the plane in Hamilton, it was all done. Uh, so yeah, we missed uh, we missed a day. Uh, timing was bad for us, that's for sure, because uh, uh, it certainly was a big day. And uh, I'm guessing you could have used some help around the station today. <laughs> <laughs> I was running around a little bit, but uh, you know, hanging in there for sure. And it's it's well, I'll just say it's nice to have been in the realm all season long, so that uh, you know I have a pretty good idea of of in my finger on the pulse of things as do you uh, what do you make of this move and what do you make of the timing of this move that to me i think i've said is is what stands out the most here is it's not the end of the season we're smack dab in the middle yeah i i agree the timing of it is is kind of weird kind of strange uh, because I, I think i guess if they came to a decision that they were going to make this move they decided to do it now pull the trigger now and start the search as early as they can to give them even more time uh moving forward i know uh, when they made this move last time with the president, then they had to, uh, uh, you know, they had they hired the general manager and coach first before they hired the president, which is usually usually the the wrong order uh, for it to be done. But circumstances dictated that they had to do it that way because they they had to get the GM in place so he could start doing the work for the for the upcoming season. Uh, but now they get an opportunity to not only find the guy but get him in place maybe before this season ends or at least shortly after the season ends, and that will give the new president. A full off season to implement things. I mean, even when when Victor Kui 
Louis came in. He came in in January. So uh, that's what a couple of months after the regular season ended. And by the time, you know, he gets his feet on the ground and gets running, we're three months into the, into the, uh, into the off season. And, and I I think maybe things got, got started a little bit late. He had a full off season last year, of course, to work with. So uh, I think maybe that's part of their thinking. And and a lot of this, and and, uh, Brendan, correct me if you're wrong, if, if you think I'm wrong, but my take on this is this, this move that, that happened today has nothing to do with the 0-9 record on the football field. Um, it's, it's a move. There's something behind this that I'm sure we're going to hear more about in the coming days, weeks, and months. Um, but there's something else going on here, obviously. And, and you know, we've, we've seen the, the fingers pointed about the, how, how things were very tense and very tough in the office right now. And I know I've seen some former Edmonton Elks employees on, on Twitter talking about uh, how why they left and how how they didn't enjoy working there anymore and all fingers seem to point to leadership there so I think that might have played a role in it as well um, I mean it's it, it, Victor Kui is not responsible for the 0 and 9 he didn't even hire the guy who is who is at 0 and 9 right now and Chris Jones so I, I, I think people are kind of getting getting confused a little bit and saying they fired the wrong guy we don't know all the details of this and what I think we can assume is this was not this decision in this move was not made because the football team is 0-9. It was made for a lot of other reasons. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, that's it's, it's something that, again, you, you, for for the distraction this has caused now and the circus that this has caused for a team that needs anything but, there's no mm-hmm. way that they wouldn't have waited to make this type of move if they had the opportunity. So uh, here, you know, they're going to now take this on and, I mean, blow it right up, I suppose. They, they've got nothing to lose at this point, right? And they head into Hamilton. Or, frankly, Borley, I think they're heading into a stretch of five games here in which you can give them a real shot on paper uh, of coming out on the winning side of does this help continue breathing fresh life or or uh, you know some more oxygen into an organization that really struggled to find it uh, early on yeah I, I think so I know you talked to Blake earlier and he was telling the story uh, like like he was telling me the other day too he said when, when he was going back and forth in the press box uh, during the football game on Thursday night, especially at halftime, he noticed a buzz. He noticed that people were having fun, that people were enjoying themselves. And it partly was because, well, maybe more so more than partly, because the team was winning and they were playing pretty well up until halftime. Uh, you know, and there has, let's be honest, Victor Quee has added a lot of things uh, to the organization, a lot of good things uh, that have changed things around a little bit. Um, but the bottom line is the team's not performing very well, and that's what has, has, I think, created the divide and the unhappiness that the fan base has right now. And if you look ahead at the next six weeks, it's it's probably six weeks that will define the Elks' season um, because they're even though they're 0-9, they're far from out of it if they can get on a roll. And again, I know they haven't won and they haven't given really much of an indication that they can reel off two or three or four wins in a row, let alone you know five or six out of eight or nine or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, they have to catch Hamilton, Ottawa, and Calgary to get into a playoff spot. Those teams all have three wins. Uh, Their next games are against Hamilton, Ottawa, Calgary twice, and then it's Saskatchewan, who's only one other win ahead of that group. So uh, they have an opportunity, but they have to do it, right? You have to go out. You have to get a win before you can start talking about anything else. And and I think that's why Thursday night's game is going to be so very important to the, the psyche of the fan base, the psyche of the team, because if you can get a win in this game, that gets you a little bit closer and gets you kind of going in the right direction. And, you, you know, you can't win the second one until you win the first one, and they got to get that first one under their belt. 
Yeah, certainly. We're chatting with the play-by-play voice of the Elks here on 6.30. Chad Morley-Scott is live in Hamilton ahead of this game on Thursday. It's a 5.30 kickoff. Just with respect to to the board, Morley, and the decisions that they've made, it's been a, a ro- revolving door, not only uh, a president, general manager. It's A lot has been in flux going back to Brock Sunderland, to th- really going back to Len Rhodes and when he was let go, I guess, in February of 2019. So... Um, I asked if CFL acumen is something they're going to value moving forward in this search. I imagine in the perfect candidate, it would be there. But having seen the failure of Chris Presson and now I would say the failure of Victor Kui in this sense as well, just 19 months on the job. You know, how important is that piece going to be as the board tries to find a person who can help stabilize a franchise that really seems to be sinking? Such an important hire coming up for them. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, if you go back after uh, uh, the split with Len Rose, they brought in Chris Presson, and they brought him in because he was a marketer. He was a, a, a guy who got attention and, and you know, was had success at the minor league levels in arena football and, and, uh, and minor league baseball and, and minor league hockey and stuff like that. Uh, he really never got an opportunity because he got kind of bogged down in the name change, and he also uh, was in a position where he couldn't do a lot of the stuff he probably said he would do or wanted to do because of COVID. So that that kind of went wrong, and and it was it was not a very good couple of years with Chris Preston in charge. And then they cleaned house and and, and brought Victor Quee in, and, and Victor Quee was an Edmonton guy. He was a he was a, an Elks fan. He he knows the city. He's from here. He's been a fan of the team for a long, long time, and that seemed to be the right mix. And let's admit it. I mean. The first six months, especially of Victor Quee on the job, things happened. People were excited, and and people thought he was he was the guy. He was the answer to to what they needed to find. But now they got to find, I think, someone who not only has a tie to the football team and the city, but also knows the CFL and also knows marketing. And they haven't been able to come to you know find that guy. And those guys are tough to find because a lot of them, um, you know you got to get the guy who's interested in the job. And right now, I think it's going to be a tough sell to take this job. They've gone through, what, uh, three presidents in the last uh, six years now. Um, there's a lot of issues that have to be cleaned up, and there's a lot of work that has to be done. And they got to find the guy not only who can do it, but who wants to do it and wants to put in the work and wants to improve it. So uh, the guy's out there. They just got to take their time and find him. In the meantime, they'll hire someone on an interim basis. And, and I don't know who that's going to be. And uh, Tom Richards did say today it was going to be from outside the organization so that everyone else can concentrate on their own jobs inside the organization and get leadership from the interim president and from, and from Tom Richards as the, as the chair of the board. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of work to do short term to get that guy in place and then obviously long term to get the guy in place who you hope would come in and be there for a, a lot of years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and be able to turn things around. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that this the interim replacement, I think, is going to be something uh, quite difficult to fill. When I think about candidates who, who do make sense, I know Bob earlier on Oilers Now, uh, he dropped Patrick LaForge's name, Dave Jameson has filled a, a role like that before. Um, 
you know, Rick Lalasure, I think, is obviously plenty of CFL experience in that sense. I don't know what he's doing these days. Who sticks out in your mind as a logical fit, maybe not for the interim, but perhaps in the longer term? Uh, well, for the interim job, I, 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 my guy, the guy that I would, I would go to right now would be Rick Lalasher, for sure. I mean, he was the former president of, of this football team, so he knows the inner workings of the football team. He knows how to deal with the board. Uh, he also, of course, was the president uh, for the last several years with the BC Lions, and he's been a part of that rejuvenation. Uh, he was there last year when the new owner came in, and he saw – um, you know, what he did, what Amar Doman did to kind of turn things around a little bit and get get things, you know, going in the right direction. So I think Rick Lalasher, I don't know if he wants it. Rick's retired a couple of times now. Uh, he retired from uh, from uh, being president of Edmonton and then kind of got uh, talked into, I think, doing the, doing the uh, helping out in Vancouver. And they ended up becoming the president of the BC Lions. And now he's retired again. In fact, the Elks had a little ceremony to honor him when the Lions were here earlier this year uh, and had him down at field level. But to me, he's living back in Edmonton now. He, he came back to be close to the kids and the grandkids. Um, I don't know if he's interested, but to me, he's the guy that uh, would be the perfect fit on an interim basis. Interesting. Let's wrap up here with the play-by-play voice of the Elks on 6.30. Chad Morley Scott joining us from Hamilton. A homecoming once again for Trey Ford, who starts his second straight week under center for the Elks. And, you know, certainly flashed what we all know he is capable of in that game against Winnipeg Morley, but also the team finding the same ways to hamper its success as it has. Uh, Tell me what you're looking at leading into this game on Thursday. Well, uh, I'm looking for some more development from from Trey Ford. I'm looking for uh, possibly the offense to open up a little bit more and and throw the ball a bit more. And I know I talked with Jerry Jackson this week, and he said it was kind of by design to cut back a little bit on on the passing game. And then it was more so how the game went. And the Elks had so much success with the run game, especially early on. Obviously, really early on with the first play of the game. But uh, and and that's just how it went. I, I expect them to throw the ball a little bit more, but still have a pretty good heavy run presence as well but we'll throw more than 16 passes um it's i I, i'm trying to think of another way they could lose brendan but i can't i mean we joke (laughs) we joke about you know all the things they've done you know one week it's penalties one week it's drop passes uh one week it's it's the rouge and then uh, we get to the point where well there's no other way they can lose and so well the only thing they haven't filled out in the bingo card was build a big first half lead and let that slip away you know and up 22 nothing that's exactly what happened last week so i think about it, I'm kind of running out of things and ways they can lose football games so maybe this is finally it and they're going to get over the hump. These are two very similar teams when you look at the numbers that they put up and you know they're they're seventh eighth and ninth in a lot of categories both offensively and defensively the one thing i, I can tell you is they're probably going to be a lot of penalties in the game because both teams average over 10 penalties a game probably going to be a lot of turnovers in the game because both teams are high in the turnover list uh and uh when they played last time they put a lot of points up so we'll see both teams give up a lot of yards i think they're eighth and ninth in in defensive yards against so uh maybe we got the uh, fixings of an old-fashioned shootout uh, between these two teams on Thursday night. It was a high-scoring game at Edmonton a few weeks back earlier in the season, right? So I don't know how much uh, how much we'll see that duplicated or not, but we'll find out. And, and even you know, the similarities go right into the offensive coordinator, too, right? The Elks made the change uh, at their bye week. Hamilton's coming off the bye week. They did the exact same thing. They swapped out offensive coordinators. Tommy Condell is gone, and Scott Milanovic is in now as the offensive coordinator. So uh, two teams that have gone through a lot of similar things this year. The only difference is Hamilton and squeaked out three wins through it all and the outs of course winless 
Orly, really appreciate the time tonight, and we'll uh, connect again uh, probably tomorrow, but if not, on game day, okay? All right, look forward to it, Brendan. Talk to you later. All right, Morley Scott live from the Hammer. He's teeing up this Elks and Tiger Cats matchup that we got coming up. Week 11 of the CFL gets going on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 Thursday afternoon. Myself and Blake Dermott set it up with the countdown to kickoff show at 4 o'clock. Special shout-out at this time to our friends at Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. All right, the time has come now. Lots of texts in at 780-496-0063. But hey, start start up those phone calls as well. We'll open it up a little bit early. Why not? We've got some content today, and I'm sure you want to weigh in on the Edmonton Elks at 0-9, parting ways with their president and CEO, Victor Kui, who is now on the hunt for his next endeavor. It is Brendan Escott in with you tonight on Inside Sports. We're back in a moment. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Brendan Escott in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Lots going on in the Edmonton sporting world, all of it surrounding the Elks right now, who made some big decisions in the front office this week, but that coming on the heels of making some changes on the field last week. And we're looking forward to seeing those on-field changes coming up on Thursday night again against Hamilton, 5.30 kickoff. We'll open up the hotline here for a certain teed, and we're going to go first to Stephen, who's been trying to get on the line. Stephen, welcome aboard. How's it going tonight? Very well, thanks. So, hope you're doing well. Boy, uh, uh, I just got a, a couple of points to make here, and uh, I hope the management group is listening uh, tonight because I'm going to tell what went wrong here, and I'm going to suggest a solution for it. And I don't think uh, I'm alone in these thoughts. And uh, I'm going to start with the name change, and then I'm going to. I have an idea that I would like to bounce off you out, and then get the callers to call in afterwards. Okay, All right, lay it on me. All right. I tried to call in to the show a number of times last week. The minute I got queried at the on the screen on the front there, the minute I wanted to talk about the name change, I was bounced. Well, and, I only have a minute here, but I am going to give right, you the, okay. floor, the floor for that. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that. Um, um, long-time listener, long-time uh, SMOS fan. The problem was when they changed the name, they ripped the heart out of the the, 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 the the fan base. You took Kepley, you took Fennell, you took Wilkinson, you took their jerseys, you threw them under the bus. This is how these people feel. They're furious with the management group with this. They are furious to the point they're staying away from the games. It was a whimsical political pressure at the time. There was a movement in the political winds to change the names. But they never stopped long enough to really study the name and what the name meant. It was not derogatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta Braves are still the Atlanta Braves. Braves uh, had, Stephen, uh, I hear what uh, you're uh, saying. I'm going to have to uh, cut you off only because we're up against the news here, my friend. So I appreciate that. Why don't I put you on hold? Why don't you hang out on hold? We're going to have plenty of time here in this next half hour. We'll revisit that point. I didn't really want to go in on the name change, but listen, it's 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 all over the text page. It's not the reason they're losing. It isn't. But is there a valid point that 
the culture of the team, part of it was ripped away, uh, that case can be made. 780-496-0063 is the number to call. It's Brendan Escott in tonight. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say on the Victor Cui parting of ways with the Edmonton Elks here in the middle of the season. The team 0-9 now. We'll get to your calls when we come back after a global news weather update.